welcome to Nashville Anthems and thanks to Hunter's Square for providing today's theme music. On this podcast, we want to map out the DNA of 80s and 90s country music by closely examining one song at a time. Today, I've been sent to spread the message about Little Texas's 1993 hit, God Blessed Texas. So if you haven't already, I hope you'll pause this podcast and give that song a close listen or two. And now let's get into it. First, as always, let's give credit where credit is due. God Bless Texas was recorded and released by the band Little Texas in 1993 on their second studio album, Big Time. A lot of good tracks on that album. The song made it to number four on the charts, beaten out by Tracy Lawrence's My Second Home, Alan Jackson's Mercury Blues, and Garth Brooks's American Honky Tonk Bar Association. Here again, I don't know if it's just my perception, but to me, this song made a more lasting impression than any of those three but maybe we'll get to one or maybe all three of them on this podcast, and we can dig into some of that. The songs credited producers are James Stroud, Christy DiNapoli, and Doug Graw. The songwriters were two band members, lead guitarist Porter Howell, and keyboardist and occasional lead singer Brady Seals. So what are some key features that make this song what it is? The first key feature I want to get into is the particular sound of this band. That's difficult to define, but let's give it a shot. I'm a fan of this band. Little Texas has a sound. It's tight, even with such a large ensemble. They're a six-piece band. It's polished. Even on a party song like this, they sound kind of slick. And a lot of that comes from Brady Seals' piano playing. His piano playing also adds a brightness to their sound that is important that we'll get to in a moment. They feature, and this song specifically features, a soaring slide guitar by lead guitarist Porter Howell. Notice that it's not a steel guitar. A steel guitar also uses a slide, as we talked about, but they've elected instead to use an electric guitar with a slide. I think that is important. We'll get to that more here in a moment. But even more on the guitars, the song features dueling electric lead and rhythm guitars. Let's call this Restless Heart meets Guns N' Roses. It is noteworthy, just like the slide guitar is not a steel guitar. Notice that the rhythm guitar on this song is not an acoustic, but an electric. So I think the rhythm on this song may also be played by Porter Howell. I'm not totally sure about that, but what I am almost sure about is that no one in the video is playing that electric rhythm guitar part. The video shows Tim Rushlow, the lead singer, strumming a Telecaster, but I just do not hear what he's playing on the track anywhere. I kind of say this is something that always used to puzzle me when I would watch country videos back in the 90s. I would see the lead singer almost always strumming a guitar, and it rarely seemed like I was hearing what they were strumming. I always thought that it was just me, like the problem was in my ear, so I just needed to listen harder. And I was well into adulthood when it finally hit me that the reason I couldn't match what I was seeing the lead singer play to anything I was hearing on the track is that it wasn't in there. And I bet you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Ladies and gentlemen, we have lead singers strumming inaudible guitar parts. Do we have an authenticity problem here? And here I think maybe we do. I mean, I think I know what's going on. I think what's happening is you have singers who paid their dues accompanying themselves on guitar such that that's just what they're used to, right? When they're singing, they're used to playing the guitar at the same time. And then they hit it big and get a professional road band or studio band with much better guitar players than they are, and there isn't a particular reason for their guitar to be heard anymore. But imagine, you're standing on a stage after years of only singing with a guitar between you and the crowd, and suddenly you're up there empty-handed. And I get, 
why you wouldn't want to make that change. You'd rather play a dummy guitar and be comfortable and have something to do with your hands than stand up there exposed with dangling hands that feel like they weigh about 30 pounds each. But what about authenticity? Now the other option here is just to let the lead singer play the audible rhythm guitar part. This song's an exception, but most country songs don't have very difficult or complicated rhythm guitar parts. I think it's for that very reason, because the roots of this music are small ensembles or solo singers playing relatable music in small venues. So you translate those singers and bands onto large stages, and it feels like the sound needs to be bigger and perhaps more polished and more professional. And that's basically Little Texas. Little Texas sounds less like a house band at a bar than like a stage band in an arena. Gave them a place where they could dance if you want to see heaven, brother, here's your chance. And while I do dig their sound, I get that disconnect, and I think it may point to some of what makes 80s and 90s country overall, especially 90s country, sound like a specific thing. There's also, by the way, allegedly acoustic guitar on this song, played by Dwayne O'Brien according to the video, but I can't say I hear any acoustic guitar on the track, like what we were just talking about. It's not necessarily easy to sync up what's happening in this video with what's happening on the track, but I hear piano, bass, drums, electric rhythm guitar, and electric lead slide guitar. And I don't really hear anything else. But Dwayne O'Brien, if you're listening, no disrespect intended, man. Keep doing what you do. So the second key feature that I want to get into is closely related to that first feature, the sound. And that is this song and this band's relationship to... Are you ready for it? 80s hair metal. And it's not just their haircuts, but that, that's part of it, right? This band looks more like Def Leppard than the Oak Ridge Boys. They're young, they're fit, they're good-looking, and they're not afraid of a good kind of hairspray. In 1993, is at a time when 80s hair metal was really on the way out of mainstream pop rock, if not already gone, country finds itself with a hit song that flows very much out of it. So I hear you saying, Melton, I'm not convinced. Well, okay, well, a lot of what I'm saying here is based on the video, I'll admit that, and this is really the first time that we've brought a music video into this project, but with this song, I do think the video is an essential part of how it remains in our collective memories. And the video is simply a pool party at South Fork Ranch. R.I.P. Dallas. That was a great show. With young, shapely white women in bikinis. And the men in this band are openly gawking at them. And in fact, that's what not just the video, but the song is about. Forget the video. If you're not paying attention, you may think that the song is an homage to all that is great about the state of Texas. But it's not. It's about one particular thing that the band finds exceptional about Texas. And that's the physical attractiveness of the women who live there. And if all that isn't flowing from an 80s hair metal tradition, I don't know what would be. Melton's wife called this song the Country California Girls. And it really is, right? But it's the David Lee Roth version more than the Beach Boys original. It's less sweet and innocent and more lustful and creepy. I've seen all kinds of girls. Yeah, but I couldn't wait to get back in the States, back to the Quite simply, the song and the video right along with it treat the women of Texas less like people with brains, personalities, and human dignity, and more like sexual objects. And we need to say this. That's not okay. We can also say that context helps. You know, I can't name another country video like this one, but maybe there are some more recent ones that I'm not aware of. 
So you had this brief bleeding over of hypersexual white 80s hair metal into mainstream country at the tail end of its popularity. It's really singular. In that sense, and I want to be very clear that this by no means excuses objectifying women, the song is a singular product of its time. I'm not sure we will encounter something like this again, but let's wait and see. It'll be interesting as we explore other little Texas songs, how much we do or don't see this in their larger corpus. So we've talked about the particular sound of this band and the closely related feature of the song and the band's relationship to 80s hair metal. The next thing I want to talk about is the groove on this song. Now this song is a dance song. It's, it's right there in the lyrics of the chorus. That line gave them a place where they could dance. You can almost picture it, right? You can almost picture 30-something-year-old white people with high-waisted Jordache jeans and oversized belt buckles in a smoky room line dancing to this song, right? Coming to a wedding reception near you, probably right after the first dance to Keeper of the Stars. But all that's because this song grooves in a certain way, and it really starts with the rhythm section. Little Texas drummer Del Gray plays a style that feels like it's leaning forward, like he's just slightly ahead of the beat all the time, propelling the song forward. God bless Texas. This style really does sound like 80s hair metal. Once again, it particularly reminds me of Guns N' Roses and Steven Adler's driving, forward-leaning grooves. The Steven Adler had a certain swing to the way he played. Del Grey, though, because this is a line dancey kind of number, instead of playing the kind of swingy style that Steven Adler played, he plays a heavier style with a really heavy, like, straight kick drum on one and three. It doesn't syncopate that kick drum at all. It's reinforced by a very strong rhythmic bass playing by bassist Dwayne Probe. That's right, folks. There are two Dwaynes in this band. One was never going to be enough. By the way, Little Texas deserves to be inducted into, and maybe they should even inaugurate, the Country Names Hall of Fame, right? Listen to these names. Dwayne Probes, Tim Rushlow, Porter Howell, Brady Seals. These are great names, guys. Party on, little Texas. But more on the groove. So this groove is extremely reminiscent, at least to my ear, of a song that came out a year earlier. And once you hear this, you will never be able to unhear it. So are you ready? Okay, you've been warned. The song is 1992's mullet-fueled blockbuster, Achy Breaky Heart. You can tell the world you never was my girl. You can burn my clothes when I'm gone. Do you hear it? This song was almost a dead ringer for Achy Breaky Heart, especially in the verses. The groove is almost identical, that straight bead with the heavy one and three that we were just talking about, although Achy Breaky Heart feels a little more laid back and maybe it's a tick or two slower, but it's pretty close. The instrumentation also, they, they both have those dueling electric guitars that we talked about earlier. Achy Breaky Heart doesn't have the slide guitar, the big guitar solo that God Bless Texas has, but the rhythm guitar part sounds very similar, nearly identical. And that rhythm guitar part is a hallmark of both songs, trading the steady, strummy, acoustic rhythm guitar part that you're maybe more used to for a more rock and roll sounding, loud, kind of lick-based electric rhythm guitar. Both also have that bright piano that kind of lifts the song up, makes you feel light on your feet and ready to dance, ready to get on that dance floor. Uh, The two songs are in the same key. Both songs are in the key of A, a quintessential guitar key. Both songs stay on that A chord a lot, and they flip to that 5 chord, the E chord, and linger there for multiple bars. 
I'm telling you, you can pretty much sing a Kibreki Har over the verses of God Bless Texas. You just have to wait like one extra measure for the change to the five chord that I just don't think you'd understand part. You can pretty much sing. I've seen some pretty faces right after that and not miss a beat. It is uncanny. Don't tell my heart, my achy breaking heart. I just don't think you'd understand. I've seen some pretty faces, been with some beautiful girls. God Bless Texas does add one more chord. It adds the four chord, the D major. Achy Break Your Heart is kind of infamously a two chord song, A and E. God Bless Texas is more in line with that three chords in the truth country music stereotype. Now with 50% more chords. God Bless Texas was like, I'll see your A and E, but I'll raise you a D. And you know the similarities between these songs? I don't think that is a coincidence. If you were aware of what was happening in country music when Achy Break Your Heart came out in 1992, you'll remember that song felt like a bomb dropped into what had by then become a steady, comfortable, neo-traditional suburb. Country music became dance music overnight, and it does seem like God Bless Texas is just one more half-drunk cowboy line dancing to that same tune. We will probably get to Achy Breaky Heart on this podcast and some other songs that were pulled along in its wake, so we'll plan to dig deeper into that aspect of 80s and 90s country music in future episodes. But right now, let's get to the final key feature of God Bless Texas that I want to highlight, and that is the evangelistic religious imagery. So it kind of reminds you of the Brooks and Dunn song, Brand New Man, in that regard, right? God Bless Texas does this, of course, in the title of the song, which also begins and ends the chorus. The song is saying that not only is Texas great, but God himself specifically made it that way. The first verse mentions miracles. The second verse refers to the creation account in Genesis chapter 1. The chorus mentions angels, of course, referring to what the song considers Texas's best feature, as we talked about earlier. It talks about the promised land. The next line in the chorus mentions heaven and seeing heaven explicitly. And maybe most significantly, the chorus says that the narrator has been sent to spread the message, suggesting that the band are missionaries, maybe even prophets, and that the message is that important and that true. Of course, it's tongue-in-cheek on this song. It's said with a wink. Little Texas knows that what they're saying isn't really going to save anyone's soul, but the attitude of the song is more, if you'll pardon the expression, devil may care. Stretching their enjoyment of Texas and the women of Texas to divine proportions is something like casting religion and religious rules aside and saying, let's eat, drink, and be merry. So, Taking the song on its own terms, and I do think our project kind of demands that, the song is basically an homage, an unapologetic and unabashed celebration of Texas, and at least what this band thinks is the greatest thing about Texas. And here we go again. This does keep coming up, doesn't it? Just like in Rodeo, and just like in Seminole Wind, this song celebrates what it loves, although this time I would argue there is some irony in there. Little Texas does seem aware that they are blowing this idea out of proportion. But the interesting part is that they also seem to be giving the middle finger to anyone that may take exception to what they're doing. Like, I guess yours truly. So one last related note. To me it's interesting that in all three songs, the subject of the ode has been closely tied to geography. That's very explicit in both Seminole Wind and God Bless Texas, and it was strongly implicit with the Western theme of rodeo. Note, too, that while it wasn't really an ode to anything, the devil went down to Georgia was explicit about its geographical setting, while it was noticeably ambiguous about its time setting. So, how is this idea of place essential to 80s and 90s country? Might this tie into this authenticity question that has consistently come up in this project? Well, keep listening, and let's see where the music takes us. Maybe you'd even like to chime in. 
tell me what you think about some of these ideas. I'd love to hear from you. You can write me at MiltonMcMainerberry at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram. And that will do it for our dissection of the song God Blessed Texas by the band Little Texas. We talked about four key features of the song. The first one was the unique sound of the band Little Texas. They have kind of a polished sound, kind of a slick sound, with the bright piano playing of Brady Seals in there. And on this song specifically, a soaring slide guitar by lead guitarist Porter Howell, along with dueling electric rhythm guitars that make the song sound quite a bit different from the country music of the time. The next thing we talked about was this band and this song's relationship to 80s hair metal. That's in their look, that's in the musical style itself, and in the subject matter of the song and of the video. We talked about the groove on the song and how it is part of that line dance movement that was big in the early to mid-90s, and particularly how it seems to draw from and follow in the wake of the song Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. And finally, we talked about the evangelistic religious imagery and how that imagery functions to, in sort of a tongue-in-cheek, campy sort of way, elevate the subject matter of the song, which is the women of the state of Texas, to something like a divine level. But really, the effect of that is sort of anti-religious, sort of an eat, drink, and be merry, devil-may-care sort of sentiment. So that's God Bless Texas. Love it or hate it. It is, as we're finding with a lot of country songs, just doing what it's doing and inviting you to take it or leave it. So now, let's see what song we'll be looking at next on Nashville Anthems. I'm pulling up Satellite Radio's 80s and 90s country station right now, and we're going to see what's playing. The song is Travis Tritt, I'm Gonna Be Somebody. Why don't you give that one a few close listens and meet me back here in two weeks. In the meantime, you can write me at MeltonMcMainerberry at gmail.com or search for Nashville Anthems on Instagram or Facebook. And tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Bye now. By the way, what about some of Texas's other great attributes? Strip and propane, anyone? Anyway?